Greetings, my friend. Welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderwill. I appreciate you joining me again today on our chapter day journey, which finds us in Luke chapter 20. And it was the first two verses that kind of struck me this morning. It says, one day as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple courts and proclaiming the good news, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, together with the elders, came up to him. Tell us by what authority you are doing these things, they said. Who gave you this authority? Today's podcast is entitled, Popes and High Priests. I have been fascinated of late reading about the intrigue that's going on on multiple fronts at the Vatican. The Pope recently defrocked one of the powerful Vatican cardinals of the Roman Catholic Church, accused him of embezzlement from the Vatican Bank. He also met with an American cardinal, stripped him of his apartment and Vatican privileges. Just weeks ago, the Pope fired the entire leadership team of the church's worldwide charity arm because of a toxic work environment. Sounds to me like the Pope has his hands full. Now, I'm not a Roman Catholic, but as an amateur historian, I've always been fascinated with it. I mean, think about it. The Roman Catholic Church is a nation. In fact, it is technically still an empire. The 177 million acres of land it owns around the globe is second only to the British Empire. The Vatican Bank has over $8 billion in assets. You know, today's chapter got me thinking about the Roman Church. Herod's temple in Jerusalem was not unlike the Vatican is for Roman Catholics. The Hebrew religious system was vast, politically powerful, and rich. Millions visited the temple each year from all over the known world to offer sacrifices and offerings. The temple had its own currency, which drove the need for the money changers that Jesus famously drove out of the temple. The sacrificial system was a big business. And just like the Pope and Cardinals, the temple system had a high priest and a Sanhedrin. Now, throughout Jesus' ministry, he operated outside of this system. Other than making a few dutiful pilgrimages to Jerusalem in his three years of ministry, his operations were far north of Jerusalem in the region of Galilee. Jesus had no earthly authority within that religious system. He had no standing. He didn't hold a title. He didn't sit on committees. He didn't wear a funny hat. And while his ministry certainly gained popularity for performing miracles no one had ever seen, he was also popular for not being what the corporate religious system of his day had become. Now, there are three main characters at this point in the story of Jesus' final week. There's Jesus, there's the leadership of the Hebrew political and religious system, and third, there's the crowds. Interesting, to, twice in today's chapter, Luke states that the power brokers of the temple and the Hebrew religious system were afraid of the crowds. You see, their public approval ratings weren't very high, kind of like Congress today. <laughs> and Jesus' constant criticism of them was a threat 
to them. See, if Jesus incited a riot in the temple, it would unleash the wrath of Rome, who'd come in and quell the mob and keep the peace. And that would cramp both their political power and their flow of money. When religion becomes big business, it becomes just another kingdom of this world with all the corruption and intrigue that comes with it. Just ask the Pope. So in the quiet this morning, I find myself attracted to the way Jesus' model of living and teaching and loving stands in such stark contrast to the corporate religious system that killed him to protect itself. Jesus' ministry was small, personal, and reflected the very things that he taught. That's what attracts me, just as it attracted the crowds of everyday people who followed him. So as a disciple of Jesus, I have this increasing desire to mold my own faith, life, and ministry in that same model. I want to carry out Jesus' mission in small and personal ways. And the further I have progressed in my spiritual journey, the more comfortable I've become working outside of corporate religious systems. And so I, I enter today with a heart's desire to love each and every person I will interact with today and do it well. As well, I'm entering today with a heart full of gratitude that I am not the Pope. I hope you have a great day, my friend, wherever this finds you, Lord willing. Be back here tomorrow to finish off the week, and I hope you join me.